0: is decoding learning differences with Kimberly and Lavelle. This episode is phonics and dyslexia. So, phonics is being able to read and spell using letter sounds, knowing that this letter or these combination of letters makes this sound. So, every phonogram has one sound. Phonogram might be multiple letters though. Talk about that in a second. So being able to read and spell using letter sounds allows you to read unknown words and spell words that you've only heard, but never seen, or you don't remember how to spell. You can figure it out and get a pretty good guess because you can follow the phonics rules to figure it out. In English, there are 44 sounds in the English language we have 26 letters. And because our language has pieces borrowed from other languages, we wind up with all of these rules that there are a lot of English, a lot of rules that English words do follow, but they're kind of pieced from different places. So you wind up with 75 basic phonograms, To be able to read and spell those 44 sounds. So instead of 44 phonograms for 44 sounds, we actually have 75 basic phonograms to spell those 44 sounds, which means we have more than one phonogram for a lot of sounds. If you think about A, there are a lot of different ways to spell the sound of A. Sure, there's the letter A by itself. There's a-I, there's A with a silent E at the end, there's A-Y, there's E-I-G-H, and there's more. Um, E-A, there's, there's more. So A can be spelled so many ways in all these different phonograms. But what often happens is they do follow rules in terms of morphemes. So the meaning of a sound can kind of give you a clue as to which pattern you're going to use, or the meaning of a word, um, can give you a clue as to which, which phonogram you're going to use. We're not going to go deep into all of that today. I just want you to know that that exists and that there are reasons for why we spell things. And of course, phonological awareness is hindered by dyslexia. And because phonological awareness is so strongly correlated with phonics, it is also phonics are also hindered by dyslexia. If your child has a dyslexic brain, they're going to struggle with phonics. Um, They're often going to struggle with understanding that this letter or these letters represent this sound. And it depends on the level or severity or however you want to term it of the child's dyslexia. Some kids do just fine in kindergarten, first grade, they can memorize super well and they don't have a, a real problem. Until it gets more complicated, there starts to be more going on. So, because phonics requires understanding that each you're blending sounds together to read them, you know, you've got this sound, this sound, this sound represented by these letters that you see a C, you see an A, you see a T, and you know it's k at. By the way, how did you know it was k and not s? There's a rule for that. So, if you know if the child knows those sounds and they're able to say each sound and blend them together, they can read. If they can hear cat and hear each sound and they know each sound is represented by a letter, they can spell C A T. Again, why did you know it's a C and not a K? There's a rule for that. Um, so knowing those phonetic rules, and the letter and sound relationship allows people to spell and read. Those with dyslexia are going to have a harder time blending the words together, breaking the word apart to be able to use the phonics. So even if they know the letter sound mem- and those parts are memorized, they might not be able to apply it very well in their actual reading and spelling. So what I want to know is a way to check for how well your child actually has phonics understanding is if you show your child a nonsense word like FIP, can your child read it? Can they see it and say fit? Or are they right now entirely relying on sight reading? And if you show them a nonsense word, they don't know what to do with it because it's not a word they've read. So try that and get into some harder words, some harder patterns, um, especially if your child is a little bit older. So you want something that maybe has an E-I-G-H pattern, but is a nonsense word and see if they can figure out how would I read that if it was a real word. So what can we do to support phonics development in those with dyslexia? What are we going to do about all of this? I'm so glad you asked because that is what I'm all about is what can we do to actually help these kids do better and overcome their struggles and difficulties. So like I talked about with phonemic awareness, and if you didn't catch that episode, I strongly suggest you go back and listen to that one before you even listen to this one, because that gets into the first skill that your child needs is phonemic awareness. If they don't have phonemic awareness, it's really hard to apply phonics. Um, And you're not going to be able to do it successfully in the long term. So like I mentioned there, Orton-Gillingham programs are strong programs that start by teaching phonemic awareness, and then they build in the phonics to go with it. So your first step is to develop their phonemic awareness. Then you need to make sure that your child knows letters and sounds. Now, again, in kindergarten, we usually start with, 26 letters, 26 sounds. We only teach kids the most common sound for each letter. There are benefits to this. I'm not saying it's wrong. Another school of thought, another option is to teach them all of the sounds that that letter commonly makes. So in um, programs like logic of English and all about spelling, all about reading, they teach that the Phonogram A says, ah, a, A, ah, that it has three very common sounds that it makes. And it gives examples of when each happens so that the child knows from the beginning that A will say those three sounds. And it's not a surprise. It's not confusing. They know those sounds. They know that C says both k and s. They know that G says both g. And they know that S says both S and Z. So they learn that each of these phonograms makes more than one sound, which is very important in knowing how to read words. And as you, because you very quickly come across words that don't follow those original 26 most common sounds for each letter. Right. And then you're like, Oh, well it's, it's a weird word. And some of us, grew up our whole lives, not knowing that it's normal for A to say, ah, like in wash and wall, and that there's a time and a place that A often says that there's a rule for that. So there are programs like all about reading and logic of English that teach that explicit rule that goes with this. So they really learn the rules behind English. A lot of us, learn some basic phonics and basic phonemic awareness. And we just practiced reading enough that we didn't really need to know what the rule was. We kind of just internalized that. Usually when we saw this combination of letters, it was this sound or this set of sounds. And we knew "Eh, this is what usually happens. And I just know how to read it. I don't know why. I don't know what the rule is. I can't explain it. I just know that's what it is. So, If we go back, we can really figure out that combination and we can explicitly teach them the letter sound relationship. So like I said, there are 44 sounds, there are 26 letters, and there are 75 basic phonograms. So teaching this all explicitly can be very helpful. It's not just your 26 letters and 26 sounds that we start off with in most kindergartens and some kindergartens are still like on the whole language thing and don't even really teach phonics. And that's a little concerning for me, quite concerning for me. (laughs) So just like with phonemic awareness, we are teaching kids how to read individual, like seeing three letter words and um, consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel, consonant, 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 vowel, consonant, vowel, consonant, consonant, consonant. So just that same pattern that we went through with phonemic awareness, you're doing the same basic thing with phonics. So now instead of just hearing the sounds, they are seeing letters that go with it. Again, it's great to practice this with nonsense words because it requires them to actually use a phonics skill rather than just knowing what the word is because they've seen it before. It is a totally different skill and you don't actually know if they have it unless you give them a word they've never seen. You don't know if they have that phonics skill. So, consonant, vowel, consonant, vowel, consonant, 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 vowel, consonant, vowel, consonant, 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 vowel, consonant, and consonant, consonant, vowel, consonant, consonant, and eventually you kind of get into multisyllabic words and knowing how to chunk those multisyllabic words into parts that are easy to read. You're basically turning them into this syllable. What does this syllable say? What does this syllable say? What does this syllable say? Smash it all together. I've got my whole word. So, for some kids, even those start points are too difficult, and they really need to feel the sound of a letter in their mouth. So, this is a lot like what we talked about with phonemic awareness, where it was just about what does it feel like? Well, now I'm going to be pairing what does it feel like with this is what it looks like. When you see this letter and you say, you know, I'm holding up an F, and you say, what does that feel like? Is your voice box on or off? What's happening in your mouth? What's happening with your tongue, your teeth, your lips? What is happening? Get them to really feel what it feels like. Some kids need this, not all do. Most don't. To be perfectly honest, most don't. Most kids are able. They just know, like, that the F says and they're able to go from there. They don't need to, like, the, the letter sound feeling of the mouth is very helpful if they're having trouble memorizing that this letter makes this sound. And if they're having a hard time with that correlation, first of all, you want to start with only showing them letters that have a single sound. Don't give them the, the A or the C or the G you want to give them B and don't immediately follow it with D because those look too similar and that's confusing. F, Um, H, you want to give them those. And you also want to give them like B and P. They look a little similar, so that's a problem, but you want them to feel, what does a B feel like versus a P because they're very similar. One has a voice box on, one has a voice box off, otherwise they're identical. And you can kind of talk through what, how does that show up in the way the letter is shaped? How can I remember that? And it's a lot of practice and feeling. And again, for some kids, you're going to be better off utilizing the services of a tutor because it helps get them get the ball rolling with them and help them feel like this is something I can learn. And then they're more, maybe more likely to listen to your input, depends on the relationship you have with your child. It's just, I'm just throwing that out there that for some kids, they do do better with a tutor. Okay, so your takeaway for this episode is that phonics are important. It's a it's phonics is an important skill, phonics are important, but it's difficult, very difficult for those with dyslexia and a systematic intervention is necessary to get them to understand it. Again, if your child is a little bit older, maybe they're a fifth grader and they're reading at basically a fifth grade level. As long as you keep practicing and reading out loud with them, they're learning all the sites, they're reading it by sight and they're doing well. You want them to not have to always read things out loud or listen to things. You want them ideally to be able to decode words themselves and not hit that plateau. So your child might get a point of really Kind of going back to basics and quickly running through it so that they can learn how to chunk those multisyllabic words and actually decode each piece accurately and understand what are those rules governing those pieces of multisyllabic words. Um, I've mentioned a couple of programs that you might want to check out all about spelling, all about reading, same company, all about learning as the company. So they have those two programs that are complementary. And logic of English has some reading and spelling combined. Both of them teach a lot of the same material. They teach phonograms and the sounds of each phonogram. They teach the rules behind why things are read or spelled a particular way. And, um, so there's, there's those two that are definitely doable for you at home. The Other option I mentioned is things like Orton-Gillingham tutors. One of those is Barton is an Orton-Gillingham program. There are Barton tutors. There are also programs like Linda Mood Bell, um, which. I'm not going to go into too much detail on that, but that is another option. You also can learn, of course, how to teach your own child with dyslexia. I have taught hundreds of kids and have had a lot of success and figured out what works and what doesn't work. And I can kind of distill that down for you into knowing exactly what to do and when to do it and how to do it and how to get your child motivated to want to do it. We can do all of that together. So if you're interested in learning how to do it all yourself um, and save money in the long run, email me, Kimberlyn at decodinglearningdifferences.com.